0: It's no secret. Rochester needs a tree canopy. This is City on Fire, the USA Today Network podcast on the effect rising temperatures have on public safety. I'm Rob Bell, a reporter for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. This is Episode 4, Heat Island. Where can everyone get relief on a hot day? You see a lot of folks under the trees, in the shade stay in jade (laughs) (laughs) my house has got a wood floor okay and the trees see the trees over it so that keep the inside cool new york senator chuck schumer came to rochester to talk about trees we don't have the trees we need in fact the dnc the democrat and chronicle did a tremendous investigative series on this the report Senator Schumer mentions is by my colleague, Rochester Democrat and Chronicle education reporter Justin Murphy. The story looks at data sources to examine the Rochester tree canopy and its disparities. It was produced as part of the USC Annenberg Center for Health Journalism's 2021 Data Fellowship. I interviewed Murphy for a behind-the-scenes look at his reporting.
1: My idea was related to stories I'd seen elsewhere. I think there's been growing attention to it. Um, the concept of, of paying attention to the tree canopy as an equity issue, and in particular a, a racial and a, a wealth um, equity issue. I had seen reporting elsewhere showing how in the poorest parts of the city or a given place, there's fewer trees, and that principally makes it way hotter, and then that has all these other downstream effects. And, um, you know, like I think that when you hear that, that automatically rings true. Like whatever city you're from, that that is, in fact, what a poor place looks like compared to a rich place. So
0: what surprised you most about what you uncovered with your research? The
1: most striking thing to me about it was regarding temperature. And within the city of Rochester, on a given hot summer day, there can be a difference of as much as 12 degrees between two different neighborhoods in the city based, correlated extremely closely with tree cover. So I, I'm fortunate to live by Cobb Hill and Southeast Ross there where there's a lot of trees. So if it it can be, let's say, uh, 80 at my house, hot but tolerable, whatever, and literally across town three miles away in my same city, 92 degrees. And you just, just every day, like, that's what people are waking up and, and walking around in. And, it's like, you know, imagine just everything that goes downstream of that. Just the basically, like, am I in a bad mood when I wake up? Because I didn't sleep because it was mad hot. And then, you know, everything from that. So then once you look at that, um, that heat difference, that first of all, of course, that's differences in health outcomes. Um, you know, some respiratory things. But also, I think a really important one is mental health. And again, that's obvious. And maybe it feels kind of like... Um, wishy like oh i feel better when i'm around trees but there's actually extremely solid research showing a correlation with tree cover and and mental health um and part of that has to do as well with like um uh crime rates there's lower crime rates in places with more tree cover and some of that's correlation with um you know wealth and class and, and all the other stuff whatever but even when you um when you separate some of that out and really, like, really try to control for it, you can still see differences. And then, of course, that all leads into property values. In the same house, on the same size yard, you know, one where it's 12 degrees cooler in the summer and has beautiful trees or not, that's a big difference.
0: Why do some neighborhoods in Rochester have many trees and others have none? So there's, there's two reasons. One is a Rochester-specific reason and the other, I think, is more general.
1: The Rochester-specific reason is that um, in the second half of the 19th century, a lot of the city, and in particular in the southeast part of the city, was um, nursery land. It, it, this was the epicenter for growing flowers and trees and, and stuff that people would order either for their property or you know a city would place an order for all the landscaping for the new land that they're laying out or something like that. So... Huge parts of what is now southeast wealthy Rochester was like big rose gardens or big uh, you know tree lawn, and so they got this kind of like uh, sheen of of civic wellness. You know, like the nursery owners and that land that's like high quality territory. At the end of the century, there's a there's a pest that comes through and like for several reasons, basically ruins the whole horticulture industry. And so these nurseries um, are going out of business and they very smartly pivot to real estate. A lot of the the really nice neighborhoods in Rochester, East Avenue, Park Avenue, South Wedge, Highland Park, Cobbs Hill, Browncroft, that's all laid out on farmer nursery land. And when they're doing that, those nursery owners are really trading on this reputation they had as, like, uh, city founders, they're on the Parks Commission, and so they'll be uh, helping control the purchase of their own um, land and also plant material from the Municipal Park Commission. They benefit from that personally, and they invest those areas with this, like, uh, just kind of sense of gentility. Other parts of the city either uh, don't have nurseries to start with. Like in the Northeast, for instance, there's a lot of train tracks, um, or they have them and they turn into something else. Like where Kodak Park is, that used to be nursery land. Where the public market is, that used to be nursery land. So they don't get these, these beautiful, uh, developments that are laid out. So those places got trees either A, because they were already there or because there was this kind of like through line of, um, of greenery and prestige in that property already that was a selling point. What's happened since then is the same thing I think that happens in every city in almost every circumstance, which is that uh, people who have more privilege, who are closer to the levers of power, are able to advocate for themselves
0: better. Did those who advocated for trees in their neighborhood know their value?
1: I think that everybody sort of inherently understands the connections with You know it's good vibes and also it makes my property worth more and also I can feel the clean air in my lungs that sort of thing Um, and so you can't blame those people you know for for advocating for their own property it's ultimately the responsibility of government to balance people's needs regardless of how loud they complain about it and and in this case rostered like I think just about every single city probably in the country Failed to do that.
0: What was the local response to your report?
1: Yeah. So since my stories came out in uh, April of 2022, um, first of all, I, I really went to pretty great lengths to ensure that you know, when I'm, I was cognizant that. The map of places in Rochester that don't have a lot of trees is pretty similar to the map of places in Rochester where people don't subscribe to the DNC. It's, kind of, it's the same map as everything else. So I wanted to make sure that that this was just not another benefit for the, the tree having folks. So I I went spent a lot of time going up and down the streets, having uh, tree tours and talking at schools and libraries and stuff. It has coincided, I think, with. National increased interest in the topic, and, and it also coincided with our new mayor Malik Evans coming into office in early 2022. So he has uh, adopted this as a topic of interest. He has made some pretty impressive uh, promises, and, and to a still somewhat lagging extent, financial commitments around planting more trees and, and achieving equity. In, in, how many are planted across the four quadrants.
0: How do people who live in areas with no trees respond to your reporting?
1: Like, when you when you really tease out every part of it, it, it's new information, but, you know, the I think that there is a lot of kind of, like, immediate recognition and resignation to the basic premise. Like, yeah, of course there's no trees over here. There's no nothing else either. There's no Wegmans either, you know? Um So... There's that. And, you know, to what I was saying earlier, there are people that said, yeah, there's no trees in good. I don't want any damn trees. There was one lady that said, you know, she actually had a big, beautiful tree in her backyard that was shading her deck. And it was, and there was an empty lot behind on the other side of the fence. And she was like, I hate this damn tree. Like, I wish they would come and take out all these people go in the empty lot and they mess around, they hide behind it. I can't see what all's going on. I'm too old to break the leaves. so, you know, that, I think that is easy to overlook when we just say, like, oh, yeah, trees, man, they're awesome. Everybody loves a tree. Sometimes, but, but maybe actually not everybody loves a
0: tree. A study titled Environment and Crime in the Inner City by the Environmental Design Research Association found that residents living in greener surroundings report lower levels of fear, fewer incivilities, and less aggressive and violent behavior. They did a study where they, they took... People in court who had committed a
1: a property crime, and somehow or other, they they were able to like trace their path during the day, like where all they had been. And they found that people who had been in more places with tree cover, that was less likely to have led to a crime. And obviously, there's a a gajillion things that go into that. Um, But yeah, you know, certainly we're all familiar with the. The phenomenon that when it gets real hot out on a summer day people lose their tempers and things are more liable to happen there's one other part of it that um, I really enjoyed so like when I talk about tree canopy that's obviously trees in the great totality like tens and tens of thousands of trees at a time but I also wanted to talk to people about individual trees and so part of what I was doing when I was walking all around and online as well, is I, I said, tell me about your favorite tree. Not like a species, like odd tree that is planted somewhere. Um, and I got just the best responses from people talking about this tree when they were growing up or this tree that, that was at their grandma's house or one they planted themselves or things like that. Um, and we included, we collected all those. I got a hundred something
0: responses. Visit the TheDemocratChronicle.com to read Justin Murphy's full report on tree canopies in Rochester. This City on Fire podcast is part of the USA Today Network Northeast Human-Centered Climate Crisis Project called Perilous Course, directed by New York State Enterprise Editor William Ramsey. This podcast was produced by me, Rob Bell, a reporter for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle and USA Today Network Northeast Regional Multimedia Director Sean Oates. A special thanks to Justin Murphy.